certainly thankful for the prayer that Brother Dwayne offered up on our behalf and would ask for a continuation of your prayers this morning. Ask that you'd pray for our country and for the freedom and liberty that we've known all our lives, never to have known any different, and pray that God would be merciful and continue that. Uh, thankful for the song service and for you lifting it up your hearts in the best way you know how and the praises and honor to the Lord. The subject on my mind this morning is, is a subject of peace, and before we get there and <clears throat> begin to talk about peace, uh, I want to make a statement. In the world in which we live, and probably at any age, uh, to walk hand in hand with Jesus every day of your life is a challenge. We as God's children are challenged each and every day that we live. I made a statement, I'll stand by it. All true disciples are children of God, but not all of God's children are true disciples. We live in God's kingdom and challenges arise every day. Paul makes that very clear. When you were born of the Spirit of God, it would be nice if I could tell you that you would walk in such a way that you'd never commit another sin, that you'd never fall back, you'd never backslide, but that's not according to thus saith the Lord. Paul had one of the greatest experiences of grace on the road to Damascus that any man I know of had. I love the Lord, and I can't tell you just when it was, but there was not a light above the light of the noonday sun shine down upon me that actually literally blinded me when the God dealt with me the way he dealt with Paul. Paul was told that he must suffer. Not only was he, did he have a, a change that day in his heart, a work of grace, and immediately said, Lord, what will I have me to do? He regained his sight, and the Lord said, uh, we're only to tell him what great things he must suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. But over in Romans chapter 7, it says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. Now, as I told you, and I'm not here to condone our sins or any walk that we have in life, but Paul, having gone through the most dramatic experience of grace that I can read of in God's word, yet he said there's a battle every day. And the battle that you and I have, and he speaks of that again in Galatians chapter 5, for, this, uh, you know, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these two are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Literally tells me that if you yield to the flesh, you're going to do the things that please the flesh and not please the Lord. And if you yield to the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and walk hand in hand with the Lord each day, then you will please the Lord. But this battle will go on till you close your eyes in death here upon this earth and go home to be with the Lord. It's unfortunate that we battle these, but these are the words of Paul. So it is a challenge for you and I to live each and every day, not to be conformed to this world, not to let the world come into our minds and our hearts and, and take us away. That's one of the problems that's happened over the last 50 years in this country. The Lord's people have been slowly but surely drawn away by the things of this world. No question about it. Therefore, we see ourselves in the very condition that we're in today. So it is a challenge. A challenge that we have every day. You know, I talked about putting on the whole armor of God a few weeks ago that we're to shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
That means you're to read the gospel in such a manner that you're prepared every morning that you wake up to go out and meet your adversary, Satan himself. He's up there to meet you. I hope you're prepared to meet him because he's always prepared to meet you. He's looking for your weaknesses and your and opportunities to gain strength against you. Now we want to go back and I want to begin to talk about peace if the Lord would bless us for just a little while. First of all, what is peace? You know, we hear about peace. In the natural world, if you're not in a war with someone, you're declared to be at peace. But friends, I'm here to tell you the peace that's under consideration this morning is not the peace that this world can give you. There's no one in this world that can give you this peace apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is a calmness, a quietness of one's mind. Think about it for just a minute. Peace is not a place you get to when you say, I'll never have another trouble or trial in my life. Peace is something that we should have in the midst of a raging storm. Now, that's easy to preach and maybe hard to live, but it's the truth. I believe that you're at peace. Uh, you're not filled with anxiety. How many people do you know that are anxious? Anxiety drives their life. It's a real problem. How about worry? Are you worried about what's going on today? Are you worried about your family? Are you worried about your friends? Worrying is a sin and it's a hard thing to get away from. It's a challenge. So we've got anxiety, we've got worry, we've got fear. We've got many things that I believe we cannot have if we're to literally be at peace. I don't know how many of you have ever been to a lake and rose up some early morning on, and looked at the water and there not be a, an ounce of wind blowing and that lake be as calm and as smooth and as still. looks like a mirror. Sun coming up over the horizon. I believe that's one of the most peaceful sights in all the world. There are many others, but that's one of them. Another is when the sun sets and there's no wind and the clouds, the high clouds are streaming and forked across the sky and you get the sun going below the horizon and the, the beautiful colors that we see in God's creation. What a peaceful event that is. What a calm event that is. It, it just gives you something in your soul and heart that you can't get from mankind. You can't get from anywhere else. That's just a couple examples. You know, I find a peace, and some people might not say this, when I look out over that great body of the ocean water, I've done it numbers of times, that ain't a peace that somebody gets, but I'm going to tell you the magnificence of that ocean and that body of water that goes beyond the naked eye's ability to see. It gives me a peace because it tells me that the omnipotent God, the sovereign God who created all things, and this vast body of water is in control of all things. It's amazing. The water never comes over the land. It may come over the seashores, but as it goes, we're here on dry land. We've been all these years. Because the waters are controlled by the power, the omnipotent power of Almighty God. So as we look at peace this morning, we consider these things. Over in Matthew chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Jesus says there's something he gives unto you. Now if you go back in that warfare we talked about a few minutes ago in Galatians chapter 5, we not only have a clear 
teaching of what the works of the flesh are, but we also have a clear teaching of what the fruits of the Spirit are. You know, if you're born of the Spirit of God, you have some peace in you. It may be way down deep, intrinsic peace, because the fruit of the Spirit, it begins with love, joy, and peace. Peace is something that the child of God can obtain on a grander value than that. If you have the Spirit of God dwelling within you, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Now he's talking to his disciples. Peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Do you know anybody that's afraid today? Do you know anybody that's troubled? If you do, you know some people that do not have what I believe is the true peace of God dwelling in their hearts. We're told in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, and let the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, rule your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. You know, when you read the red-lettered words in the Bible, they're no different than the black words in one sense. These are all words of the Lord Jesus Christ, every one of them. But the red words are the words that he spoke in his ministry upon the earth while he lived in his fleshly body. That's the only distinction. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10, I and my Father are one. He told the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we know for a fact that what Jesus said is truth. He said, my peace I give unto you. If you want to take a self-examination of yourself in life, I ask you to do this. Ask yourself, are you troubled? Are you afraid? You know, I'll be honest with you, this virus has been going around for a year, and I, I have no fear of it. I've never had any fear of it, any more than the flu, the tuberculosis, any other virus that's come around. A lot of people have, and that's okay, and I'm not here. But I've been troubled, and I ought not to be that way. I've been troubled about what's going on in our country. I've been troubled about what might happen to our grandchildren. You know, I, I'm old enough that if the Lord took me home, I can say I've lived a good life. It ain't been a perfect life. None of us have. But I've lived a good life, and I'm thankful for the days that I've had. But I've been troubled about some things that I don't believe if the peace of God is ruling my heart that I should be troubled about. Colossians chapter 3 says, And let the peace of God rule your heart. I believe it's verse 15. I ask you today, is God's peace ruling your heart? Is it? When the storms of life come, and they will come, how do you handle them? Does it throw you off base? Does it nearly destroy your life? Are you able to go through that with a calm? Now, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, he said, I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that you saw not as others who have no hope. The child of God is going to sorrow. The child of God is going to have some, some problems, some loneliness when he loses a loved one. But are you at peace? Are you at peace with the Lord? There's some things that we need to understand. We're going to understand more about this peace, and then we're going to try to understand what we can do to obtain it. It takes a conscious effort, a disciplined effort on the part of us to literally live in a world full of trouble and be at peace. John 16, 33. 
Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In me, in Christ, not in the world. There is no worry you're going to find the kind of peace that's under consideration this morning apart from Jesus Christ. You can try, you can walk this road, go this road, talk to this man, talk to that lady. I don't care where you go. You will not find it. But Jesus also said, in this world you shall have tribulation. The fires and the storms and the difficulties are going to come. But God, as that song said, leads his dear children along. Are you walking hand in hand with the Lord every day? Along the way? Are you tuning in to the Lord every day? Not just on the Lord's day or even on that day. Where are we in this world? Where are we in this life? Are we at peace? I mean, do we have that calmness? Like I told you, I had no fear of the virus, and I still don't. But I've been awful troubled, and I ought not to be that way. This sermon is as much or more for me than it is for you. I want to be able to live and not let everything that goes on in this life bother me to a great extent. Because our God, our Lord, is on, in control. He sits upon his throne in glory. He's in control of all things that happen. He's declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times of things that have not yet been done. Saying, my counsel shall stand, I will do all my pleasure. This is the God that we serve. No matter how rough this country may look or your life may be, God is still in control. Our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. That's who rules and reigns over us. That's who we ought to be looking unto each and every day that we live. Jesus said, in me you might have peace. One way to figure that out is how troubled and how, how full of fear are you? How afraid are you? We oughtn't to be afraid of anything. Until we get some lessons down in the word of God, sometimes it's hard to do that. Paul got those lessons down. We talked about Paul for a minute. But in Philippians chapter 1, Paul said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you ever get that down, if you ever live day to day with that in your mind, heart, and soul, and you live it out, then you're at a place most Christians never get to. Because the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. We're told that over in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7. But if you fear death all the days of your life, and it's on your mind, and you're worried about dying. You know, sometimes we worry that death's going to come to someone or to us, and we're going to leave our family alone. But the Lord will take them up. You may think it, to some degree you have a, uh, an ability to protect your own family. Friends, I'm here to tell you that, that's, that's just a thought we have that's not true. If God doesn't keep them, they can't be kept. He can't, we can't keep ourselves, much less our children. That's the truth. I learned that back when Shane was young. I learned that. I, I, you know, if, if the Lord doesn't keep him, I can't. We commit ourselves under the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, we have the ability to live a life of peace that's not troubled, even in the greatest storm. You know, when loved ones pass and go home to be with the Lord, yes, we do sorrow. But we have a hope that this life is short and we're going to be with the Lord. And we're going to be where those who we love have went before us. And we're not going to have these trials and tribulations no more. Jesus said you can live with peace. But I'm going to tell you it takes a conscious effort. 
Let's turn over to Mark chapter 5 for just a little bit. 4, excuse me. Mark chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 35. Some of the greatest teachings for this, I believe, in the Word of God is to be drawn from this lesson here and many other lessons to be drawn also. And the same day when the even was come, the evening, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Now let's notice that Jesus is the one that said, let us pass over to the other side. Let's set the stage here for just a moment. Late in the afternoon, Jesus said, let's get on this boat, this ship, and let us cross over the Sea of Galilee to the other side. Now that's the truth of what was happening in a natural sense. But I believe there's a bigger picture of our lives being played out right here. Let us pass over to the other side. What is the other side? It's where we go home to be with the Lord. It's when we pass from a mortal life to an immortal life. It's when we pass from a corrupt life to an incorrupt life. I believe that's, that's what he's talking about. I believe that's the bigger picture. And that this journey here in this world is the passing across to the other side. We're all doing it. There's a song we sing, we're passing away, we're passing away to that great rising day. We are. Although we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. David said, I will fear no evil. If you're at peace with God, you will not fear death. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that death is nothing more than a mere sting for the child of God. It's a sting. Let us pass over unto the other side. Let's look at some words of Abraham or about Abraham over in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which uh, he should uh, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and when he went out, not knowing whether he went. We know the story of Abraham. He was a nomad, if you would. God said go, and he went. God said stopped, and he stopped. He left the land of his nativity, never any word in the Bible of where he went back to see his family. Him and Sarah and Lot left. And when God said go, they went. Pick up your stakes and go, they went. When God said stop here for a while, they stopped. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise in, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles which are tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We find here that Abraham was looking for something beyond this earth. And we're going to know that here in a minute. He knew that he was traveling here. That he was crossing, passing over to the other side. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as Dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These, are all, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but seeing them afar off. Friends, I'm here to tell you that Abraham and Moses and David, they looked forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to that first advent. You and I, to look back today to the finished work of Jesus Christ, they looked forward. We look back. The same people saved by the same grace and in the same way. 
These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were pilgrims or strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Friends, you and I are pilgrims and strangers on the earth. We're passing over to the other side. Is this not a picture of life? We're going to find here that in this natural event, uh, there was a storm, a great storm come up on this ship. Have you ever encountered any storms in life? Some of them are great, aren't they? Some of them are so difficult we can't hardly bear through them. They're hard. They're difficult. I would suppose nearly everyone in this congregation has went through some kind of really difficult storm. But as we sail in this boat across the journey of life to the other side, there'll be all kinds of storms encounter us. But notice what he says. He said, let us, let us pass over. Walking hand in hand every day with Jesus. You know, our God is everywhere present and nowhere absent. This is a really interesting situation. It says, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Have you ever been through a storm in life where the waves of life have beat upon you to where you can't hardly go forward? Now we're going to find out these disciples were taken with fear. And they had the physical presence of Jesus Christ in the ship. The physical presence. You know, Thomas didn't believe, did he not? He said, unless I touch the nail prints in his hand. Now I'm paraphrasing some of this. Or the place in his side where the sword, the spear went in. I'll not believe. But when Jesus appeared in the presence of Thomas, I believe it's in Luke 23. He didn't touch those places, did he? When Jesus came into his presence, he said, My Lord and my God. I'm going to tell you, when Jesus is in your presence, you know it. You don't have to touch him in feeling. You and I have not seen Jesus Christ with the naked eye, I'm pretty sure. I haven't. And I seriously doubt any of you have. But at this time, they seen the naked eye. And Jesus was in the ship. Jesus was in the ship. He was down in the hinder parts of the ship, in a corner. And he had a pillow and he was fast asleep. I ask you, do you think Jesus was surprised when they woke him up and said, there's a storm out here, we're going to perish from it? Do you think Jesus was surprised? Do you believe in the omniscience of God, that he knows everything past, present, and forward? When Jesus stepped into that boat, he knew the storm was coming. When you encounter a storm, he knew the storm was coming in your life before it came. Jesus is in the boat with us too. Did you know that? Just as he was with the disciples. And he arose. They asked him, he said, Master, cares not that we perish? That's an interesting phrase when you got Almighty God, the God of heaven, in the boat with you. And you know it. You've physically seen him. You've walked with him. You've talked with him. You've seen multiple miracles. You don't believe in the sin of unbelief? Study the disciples. 
They had as much unbelief as any group of folks you'll ever see. Jesus told them, Jesus told them, Jesus told them, and they still didn't believe. Then he opened he their minds. Then opened he, as we're told in Luke 24, that they might understand the scriptures. You know, unless God gives you understanding, you aren't going to get it anywhere else. You can read and you can read, but have you ever read and read and read and God opened your eyes to a truth that you hadn't seen for many, many days or years? It happens. That's why we need to continue to read God's word because there are things that will come out. Even things when I studied this came out that I didn't see. I ask you today, have you forgotten that Jesus is in the boat with you when the trial comes? Have you forgotten? He hadn't forgot you. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee that you may boldly say the Lord is my helper. He arose and he rebuked the wind and he said unto the sea, peace be still. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's many things that trouble Folks in this world, many things. And death is one of them. I've encountered it. Many of you have encountered it. But Elder Michael Goins wrote a book called Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, one of the best books I've ever read when it comes to our Christian walk in life and the things that we encounter. And he said, we all have troubles, and we do. But when that trouble resonates down deep into the heart, you've got real troubles. I will tell you this much, what the heart feels, the face will reveal. If you're really troubled in your heart, you can't hide it. It'll come out. It'll burst out. Some people are better at hiding it than others. But troubles are a part of life. And Jesus said, in me, you can have peace in the greatest trouble that there ever was. And we got to believe. We need to believe. All things are possible to him that believeth. We're told that in Mark chapter 9. Jesus asked that man, can thou believe? All things are possible to him that believeth. Believing that the Lord is with you is one thing. You know, I heard a man say one time that when you sit down and have a conversation in the room or sit down with your wife, you ought to put an empty chair in there. Always know that the Lord's there when you're talking. He knows what you say. He knows your thoughts are far off. He knew this storm was coming. He knows the storms that are coming your way in life. He knows them. Jesus calmed this storm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? You know, I've often looked back over the word of God and thought, You know, if I'd have seen those miracles and I'd have walked with the Lord Jesus Christ physically, I wouldn't have had the problems these disciples had. Now, I didn't outright say that, but... It's hard to imagine that you could have had any problems being with the Lord and seeing what the Lord done, but they did. They did. That's our old human nature. That's the weakness of the flesh. That's why we're to watch and pray that we enter not into temptation. Indeed, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We all have that weakness. I wish I could tell you that once you're born of the Spirit of God, that weakness goes away, but it doesn't. But one day it will. One day you'll... Put off this old body of flesh, this old clothing of flesh. Your spirit will immediately return unto God who gave it. And one day that body will be raised again, fashioned like unto the glorious body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
soul, body, and spirit because he paid for them all. But he said, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Friends, I'm here to tell you, I don't know what storms you're going through now, what storms you've been through, but if Jesus Christ doesn't calm the storm in your life, it won't be calm. If you're full of anxiety, if you're full of worry, if you're full of fear, you need to talk to Jesus more. You need to spend more time with the Lord. And there's a way to do that, and we'll get there in just a second. And they feared exceedingly. Now, they were fearful when these waves were filling the boat up with water because they thought they were going to perish. They were going to drown and sink. And the Lord being down the hall, I guess they'd forgotten he was God Almighty. And he had control of the storm because when he speaks, calmness comes over us. It happens that way in our natural lives. But the fear here was they had reverence unto him as the God of heaven and earth because he spoke and even the sea and the wind obeyed him. We need to reverence God because when he speaks, the natural elements of this world, they obey you. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, you might say, that, that really sounds good, and it does. Give me a double dose of it. I could take some of that kind of peace in life, couldn't you? That you're not troubled about what's going on and what might be lying out ahead of us here in this country. You know, there are some people who always use this saying, well, it's going to get bad, I'm sure of that, but I think it'll be after I die. Well, there's going to be somebody living when it does get bad, is there not? And it very well may be us. Things can deteriorate very fast. But that's kind of the way people in this country that's prospered and had such plenty in their life, that's the way they view it. Oh, someday down there it's going to get bad. But that someday may be closer than we think. Romans chapter 8. There's a verse here that I want us to consider for just a little bit. We talked about a conscious effort to have peace in your life, to do something about it. Paul said over in Romans chapter 12, and I'll get that and come back here, he said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of one's mind is what's under consideration. That means to renovate. That word renewing means to renovate. Tear out whatever's in there, throw it away just like he's going to renovate your house. Tear down the walls and, and put new in there. New thoughts and new ideas. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How much time do we think, do we spend thinking about spiritual things in our life? I know there are times in, a daily, in your daily life that you can't think about it, but be honest with yourself. How much time do you give thinking about the Lord and His promises and that things are going to be all right no matter how bad things look. That's what's really under consideration. No matter how much the times trouble you, no matter how much fear you may have of this COVID-19 or any other virus that could come along, God, God fixed our bodies to handle whatever comes along. And if it be his will, we'll get over it and go on. If not, we'll get over it and go be with him. It's a win-win situation all the way around. That's why we ought not to be afraid. We ought not to walk around in fear. For to be carnally minded is death. When we uh, begin to think as the world thinks, and we begin to be conformed to this world, 
when the storms come, the storms will, will ravage us. They will really take a toll on us. Because Jesus said the storms are coming. He said, I've overcome the world. He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In me is where you're going to find peace. When the storms come, where do we focus? Do we go to the world? Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. There is a peace that the world says you can have. But Jesus says it's not the peace you want nor, nor the peace you need. Where are you searching for peace at? James said in James chapter 4, our life is but a vapor. What is a man's life? It's but a vapor that appears for a little time and vanisheth away. Let us pass over to the other side. Let us. Jesus didn't say, go it alone over there. Get in that boat and things get real bad. Yell as loud as you can and maybe I'll come help you. Did he say that? He said, let us pass over to the other side. I think Abraham understood that. He was a man who journeyed, a nomad, who lived in tents. And when God said go, he went. And when God said stop, he stopped. Abraham was a sinner. He wasn't a perfect man. But he was a great example of understanding that this earth is not our home. Heaven is our home. That he is a pilgrim and a stranger. That's what we are. We're pilgrims and strangers. And we've got a short sailing to do here in this old natural world. What more could you want than to have Jesus sailing with you every day? He's there, but sometimes we forget he's there. We sail along through this journey out upon the ocean of life as though he's not. You know, the disciples, it's like they forgot that the Lord of glory physically was in that boat. Oughtn't have had any fear, but they did. Jesus said, my fear I give unto you. If we want to change and begin to work in that direction, we can't think in the terms of being carnally minded. We must realize that we need to renovate our minds. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And let the God of peace, which passeth all understanding. You know, I don't understand God's peace, but I'm striving to understand it. It passes anything that you could possibly understand. And his peace will keep our minds and hearts through Christ Jesus again. It's always through Christ Jesus the apostle tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 that we're running a race and to be patient, which means to endure, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. We think about another. You know, you can go to Matthew 8 and read of this same account that we read of in Mark chapter 4. But in Matthew chapter 14, we find the disciples were in the boat on a different occasion and Jesus wasn't with them. He went up into a high mountain to pray. And on the third watch of the night, he came walking upon the water. And Peter, being that brave, if you would, disciple, always stepping out in faith. A lot of people give Peter a hard time, but I tell you, he did get out of the boat, didn't he? And he did walk upon the water for a bit. But where did Peter fail? He failed just like you and I will fail in life. He took his eyes off of Jesus. He began to focus on the storm. Sometimes that's what we do, isn't it? We pay. Our focus is all, always on the storm and not on the Lord. You know, Paul had a thorn in his side. And 
He desperately wanted that thorn removed. It was a trial, an affliction for him. You know, some people try to get into what the thorn was. It, it, it's really not relevant to me or significant. But it was something that bothered the Apostle Paul, and he prayed three times that the Lord would remove it. Yet Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for thee. He said, I'm not going to take away that thorn, but I want to give you strength to go on. Friends, when you're out there in that sea, journeying in that boat, and Jesus is with you, he'll give you the strength to go on. Yes, you may mourn a while, you may be sad a while, but our hope is in Jesus Christ, not in this life. It's to live in his presence in heaven forever. That Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Be not carnally minded, but spiritually minded. Spiritually minded will lead to a life, a, a wonderful life of peace. A peace that we can only get in Jesus Christ. I want to take a few minutes to go to Philippians chapter 4 and look at some things that we can do and that we ought to do. See, I believe that we need to reprogram our minds. What do you fill your mind up with six days a week? I mean, it is. It's all about keeping our hearts and our minds. And what fills your mind up will finally resonate into your hearts to some extent. It really will. You can tell me it won't, but it will. That's why Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He says, I'm the only one that can keep your heart from being troubled and your heart from being afraid. And that's something that we need every day of our life. Today and every day that we walk. There's no reason to be afraid. Be like David. Don't fear death. He said, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. If the Lord's with you, you got nothing to fear but fear itself. Don't fear fear. <clears throat> fear the Lord. Have reverence unto God. He's in the ship with you. I promise you he is. You may have forgot it. You may not recognize it, but he's there. He's everywhere present. He's nowhere absent. He knows your plight. He knows your thoughts. He knows your difficulty before it ever happens. Don't lose sight of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, Philippians chapter 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You know, if we're going to rejoice in the Lord in the manner that we should, we're going to think about the Lord quite a bit, do we not? There's a lot to rejoice in when we think about Jesus Christ. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, you may boldly come to my throne of grace and talk to me whenever you want to. He's given us many, many blessings. He's showered us with the blessings of life, the natural life that we now live, and the hope of eternal life which is to come. On and on goes the blessings, the very air we breathe, to live in this country that's been blessed with so much, so long, that I, I fear that none of us are as thankful for the freedom and liberty and the goodness that we've had as we ought to be. You know, I've told people, and I know this from other experiences of my life, sometimes you don't know what you have, but you don't have it anymore. And that's, a broad, that's used in a broad sense and in broad terms. It can be a lot of things, from people to countries to freedoms to whatever you want to say. Sometimes we will never know how great and how, how, what a blessing it was until we don't have it anymore. So thank God every day for your blessings. Verse 6 says, be careful for nothing. This tells me that when we go to pray... There's not any situation, there's not any circumstance in this life that you can't bring to the Lord. Now we're told not to pray amiss upon the lust of our flesh, but 
the concerns we have, the things that trouble us, the fears that we have, the worries that we have, bring those to the Lord. He's the only one that can give you peace. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Always thank God, regardless of the circumstances you're going through, the troubles or the storms you may be encountering, there's always something to be thankful for. Always. If you'll just spend some time every day, you'll find somebody far worse off than you. Just be thankful you have the health you have. You have the husband or wife you have. You have the children and grandchildren you have. That you have a church to go to. That you have liberty to go there. I tell you, it's endless what we can think about. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Speak to God. 1 Thessalonians tells us to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean to sit down and pray 24 hours a day. That means to have a steady, everyday prayer life. You know, the greatest example was given to us in the book of Daniel. And he prayed three times a day even when they told him he wasn't supposed to pray. That's a good place to start. And he done it every day. He kneeled down and prayed to the God of heaven. Good place to start. Verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall, not maybe, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We're going to go through verse 8 kind of quickly here, but here's some things that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us to think on. And this is what I need to do. I need to think upon these things instead of think of all the things of this world that are temporal. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. There's troubles out there galore. And you can fill your mind with them. We live in the information age, and you can fill your mind with all the troubles and trials of this life on a daily basis, without a doubt. They're there, and there's plenty of them. But he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things, things are true, the things that are factual, first thing is we know we have truth in God's word. And God's word addresses about everything that we deal with in life. But Paul also told Timothy, he said, there will come a time that they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they will heap themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away from the truth and turn unto fables or fiction. Truth is important. Think on things that are factual. We live in a time now that it, it's, it's probably the most difficult time in my life to find the truth out here in natural life. We find the truth in God's word, but lies are being told. The truth's probably somewhere in the middle, but truth and integrity is important. Think upon these things that you know are true, that you can trust. He goes on and says, whatsoever things are honest. Makes you wonder how many honest folks we have left, doesn't it? Honesty doesn't seem to be a priority. These are things that have failed and withered away. But Paul's telling us numerous things that we can think upon. Remember, we're to renovate our minds, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We can't think upon all the things of this world that's going on constantly and be at peace. We just can't. We have to look unto Jesus. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. He says, whatsoever things are just. What over... Whatsoever things are just. You know we're just because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been made just. He died for our sins. 
He paid the penalty and paid it in full and he rose for our justification. We're without fault because of what Jesus Christ done. But there's a lot of just things in life, honest things in life, true things in life that we can look at. And most of them are not on the news. I'll tell you that right now. You're not going to find them on your favorite news station. But there's good things going on. You know, that's one thing I've always thought about the news. They have no desire to report on things that are good. There are good things happening that most of us never know about. Things that people do for other folks. It doesn't sell, does it? Jesus said they hated me. And if you follow him, as we should, they're going to hate us too. They don't care about the good. Natural man doesn't care about good things. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Darkness is the natural place of man in nature. Here we got some things to think of on. Whatsoever things are pure. God's pure. He's all light and no darkness. Pure is there's no defilement in purity. There's no moral defilement. And we got that in this nation in a bad way this day and time. But we don't have to think upon those things. We don't have to dwell upon those things. We're to recompense no man evil for evil. That's a good place to also start in having the peace of God reign and rule in your life. Paul told us in the third chapter of Colossians, let the peace of God rule your heart. That's what we're after. We want to let the peace of God rule our heart and not the things of this world rule our heart. And there's plenty of them out there that can trouble you day and night. You know, it's one thing to know what's going on. It's another thing to let that be a constant in your life. And I'm preaching to myself right now. There's a lot of troubling things out there. And you can make it your everyday life if that's what you want to do. But I'm on a road to try to change that. To do better. To not let those things uh, be on my mind as much. To think upon different things. You know, God is glorious. His creation is glorious. The family he gives you is a glorious thing. It's a blessing. And you could go on and on and on. Whatsoever things are lovely, not ugly. Most of the things you see on the news are ugly. They're from darkness. They're violent. There are a lot of lies being told. I'm telling you, you're not going to find lovely things and pure things and, and true things on most news. That's not where you need to look for things to think upon. You need to look in the Word of God. Whatsoever things are of a good report. Again, you've got to look and you've got to talk to folks to find good reports. You're not going to find it in the news. If, the, <clears throat> if things are of good report, if, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned through the study of God's word and received and heard and seen in me, heard preached, he says, do and the God of peace shall be with you. Friends, we, we, if you're not at peace... If you're troubled, if you're full of anxiety, if you're afraid, you need to change the way you think. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. God is in control. I know you and I want to be in control, but I thank God he's in control and we're not. We know where we'd be if we were in control. Sometimes we're control freaks, you might say. We, we think we want to be in control. But the righteous and holy God of heaven is the one that's in control. Aren't you thankful? He sits upon his throne in heaven. 
All things continue as they was by the mighty power of, of Jesus Christ. We're told in the first chapter of Colossians. Things don't change. I encourage you to think upon things that will help you have the peace of God in your life. Because the storms are not through coming. They're just not. I can't tell you how big they'll be or how many you'll encounter. But just like I preached out of Psalms 1, just like the thunderstorms and the hurricanes and the tornadoes, they've been coming every year, different months and different times throughout the course of my life. And they're not stopped till the Lord puts an end to this work. And the spiritual, the natural storms that you encounter will not stop. I encourage you to realize that when you're sailing across this journey to the other side, that Jesus Christ is with you. Don't forget it, no matter what storm you encounter. Don't forget the Lord is with you. And the Lord will see you through it. And you'll be at peace. You may mourn a while, you may sorrow a while, but friends, you'll have a peace that passeth all understanding. When your friends see you and things have went awry in your life, and you're truly at peace with the Lord, and the Lord, peace of God is ruling your heart, they'll wonder how you get by, how you get through such a circumstance. And you can tell them, it's because of the peace of God. You know that your time is short upon the earth and one day you'll be with the Lord and, and you'll be at peace forever and ever through eternity. May God bless us to study God's word and think upon the things that we have and to realize that God is always with us. He's sailing with us through life till we get to the other side. May God bless you as my prayer.